I'm Lisa Stone. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Parenting Aces. Welcome back to the Parenting Aces podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, coming at you from Atlanta the day before I head to New York for the 2017 U.S. Open. I am super excited to be going back to the Open this year. And I will be having a new episode for you guys later this week from the Open. But in the meantime, I thought, why not throw it back to 2014 to an episode I recorded at that U.S. Open with my friend Melanie Rubin, the mom of Noah, Wayne Bryan, the dad of Bob and Mike Bryan, the Bryan brothers, and Steve Johnson, may he rest in peace, father to Stevie Johnson. And I loved this episode because these three outstanding tennis parents were so brutally honest in their chat with me about the stresses of raising a tennis player to the highest levels, the pressures that they are under as parents and as parents slash coaches, the pressures that their kids are under. And I just thought, why not share this episode again with y'all, especially for those of you who may not have been around in 2014 yet. So I'm so happy to bring this episode back to you. And again, we will have a new episode coming later this week from the 2017 U.S. Open. But in the meantime, please enjoy my conversation from the 2014 Open with Melanie with Wayne and with Steve. Good afternoon. This is Lisa Stone with Parenting Aces, and I'm coming live from the Players Garden at the U.S. Open. We have such a great show today. We have with us the famous Wayne Bryan, father of Bob and Mike Bryan, doubles champions. We have with us Steve Johnson, father to Stevie Johnson, former USC standout who is just making waves on the Pro Tour, and Melanie Rubin, mom to Noah Rubin, our up-and-coming young American player. And I'm just so excited to share the show with all three of them today and talk to them about the various pathways that their kids have taken on their on their way to the Pro Tour. So, guys and Melanie, thank you so much for joining me today. Good to be with you, Lisa. Great Excellent. to be here. Excellent to be here. Thank you. I know y'all are all excited. Melanie, had, I've been spending a lot of time with her. This is her son's first time in the main draw of the U.S. Open. She has been giggling and just so excited, crying, emotion, lots of stuff. I want to know, does it get old? Does it get stale? Or do you guys still get giddy when you think about what your children are doing? It gets old and stale. <laughs> I don't know about that. I still get pretty excited about uh, being here every year. No, there's nothing like the U.S. Open. It's unbelievable. Uh, biggest tournament in the world, most fans, most money, most excitement. This place absolutely rocks. I can certainly remember Mike and Bob's uh, first time here. They've been playing here since they were 17. I know uh, Steve remembers Steve's first time. I congratulate Melanie on what a great uh, Wimbledon that Noah had. What a great year he's had. Thank you. And I know he's fired up, and I'm expecting him to do well. So what advice do you season pros have for this newbie mom? <laughs> Just enjoy it. It's, it's fun. It's uh it's pretty overwhelming at first, uh, answering all the texts, emails, phone calls, 
can be overwhelming. Uh, how about ticket requests? Uh, ticket requests, all of a sudden everybody wants in, and uh, I didn't know how it worked at all. Stevie's first year, five years ago, he was in qualifying, so you don't get much. Uh, and he lost first round, so we kind of came here, had a great time, and left early. Last, This is fourth year in the main, and it's great. No way, way around now, it's fun. Uh, the people here are great. Get hang out with guys like Wayne, see all these uh, tennis people that I've you know been around my whole life, and it's quite quite a thrill for me still. It's such an honor and a pleasure for me to be here with both of you and you, Lisa, um, and, and getting advice because I mean it certainly has been a whirlwind. It's been a very exciting summer for Noah, and um, and now you know we live Merrick, Long Island, which is 40 minutes from here. So the ticket requests and the information have quadruple because you know yeah. all the friends and family want to come and cheer him on which I love yeah. but it is a bit overwhelming at times yeah you develop an email that is all ready to give you fired out <laughs> you'd love to help him but you can't you're overwhelmed with a ticket request that's you know people say what do I do mostly I say I do wash and uh, get tickets to the Brian Brothers you know? <laughs> You'll think it's coaching and all that, but it's not. It's all these other Wash, things. huh? Yeah. yeah. I'm a master. I may hit you up. A lot of ball pickup, <laughs> right? Ball pick a lot of ball pickup. A lot of ball pickup. All right. Well, so both of you gentlemen, your sons played college tennis. Melanie's son is getting ready to go off for his freshman year at Wake Forest. And there's a lot of chatter around, you know, how long do you stay in college? Um, now with format changes in college tennis, how valuable will that experience be as he continues to develop toward a pro career? Wayne, starting with oh, you. I'm a huge fan of going to college. And, and college tennis, I think, is the absolute greatest. The boys went two years before they got ripped out. But I wish they would actually could have gone all for because they had a wonderful experience. What a great coach they had in Dick Gould and John Whitlinger, uh, all the other guys. I think college tennis is, is especially in the Pac-10 and the FCC, I think it's like futures tennis. It's not challenger tennis, but it's certainly as good as the futures. And, boy, you're getting a great education at the same time. The socialization aspect of it are tremendous. I, I think... Uh, my, my pals uh, Marty Fish and, and, and Taylor Den and Andy Roddick, they really sort of missed something uh, by going to school. I, I don't think one or two or even three or four years of college will ever be hurtful to anybody. I think it's an unbelievable experience. I played college tennis. Steve played college tennis. It's an unbelievable experience, and I'm so glad to hear that, that Noah is going and, and going to do that. Uh, and look, if he dominates and wins every single match he plays and wins the NCAAs and the marketplace comes and gets him and rips him out of school, that's one thing. But I sure would go as long as you possibly can. I uh, couldn't agree more. Um, Stevie was probably ready to go after his sophomore year. Yep. Uh, did real well. SC had won two titles, so he just said, I'm not lit. I'm not giving this up. Uh, I remember Peter Smith, one of his funny stories is when they played for their third one at Stanford, he was very nervous because he told his assistant, George Usak, if, if we lose this today, Stevie won't come back next year. But if we win, he'll come back because he's not going give to up, give up a chance to win four. So there was a lot of extra nerves and pressure there. The story was that when they won it, Stevie jumped into Peter's arms and said, I love you, I'm coming back. Oh, I love that. It, it, it's a storybook ending. He did choose to come back. They won it again. It doesn't always work that way, but he was willing to do that. And I think most people consider Stevie the greatest player in the college in the history of college tennis based on what he did and on his unbelievable record, winning so many matches in a row for NCAAs and two singles. But one thing I never asked you, if I could just ask him, Lisa, uh oh, uh oh, did, did Peter, uh, what was his position? Did he say, come on back, Stevie? What did he do, or was he just neutral in the whole experience? 
Um, Peter, um, you know, we didn't sit down and have the actual talk about it as far, you know, with me. Uh, he and Stevie probably did. Peter felt Stevie was getting better. We knew Stevie was having fun. Yep. And my wife and I, uh, Michelle, just talked to him and said, Stevie, this is your life. Right. And one of Peter's biggest speeches that he gives all the time during the NCAAs is, go out there and have fun. This is a memory. You're going to be 30, 40 years old someday. So I think that's why the guys play loose. And I think that's why they were able to get through those finals all those four years, because they weren't afraid. But Peter talked them into it. It's a memory. Yeah. You know, go create a memory. Don't look back and have regrets. And Stevie completely bought into that. Very similar to what he and I did when he was a kid, when I was coaching him. Go have fun. It's just another match. Have fun, buddy. Huge, huge, huge. That's very well said. Very yeah. well said. Yeah. And for Noah, I mean, I know he was already, you know, thinking, gosh, am I going to stay four years? Am I going to stay two years? Am I going to stay one year? What's going to happen? Um, Melanie, what what are you hearing from his new coach at Wake Forest? And, you know, what are your hopes for him? Well, first, let me say I'm thrilled that Noah is choosing the college path at this point. I am thrilled that he's going to Wake Forest. I'm hoping Tony Breski and Jeremy Feldman are going to do a, I know they're going to do a fabulous job with him. Um, Noah and I went to orientation week, so he was being the typical freshman. I mean, although a few days early, he was being the typical freshman there, so that was a wonderful experience for him. And I know he's looking forward to both the college tennis and the college experience, but he's going to focus on his tennis. Um, is he thinking about going more than one year? That is definitely still an option, and I hope that that option stays open for him, and I hope he stays as long as he feels that it's good for him. I know he's going to have a chance to grow as a tennis player, grow as a person, yeah. you know, grow socially. The academics at Wake Forest are wonderful, and I'm just very excited for the whole thing for him. Very, very well said, also. And I'm just very looking. Uh, a four-year bulldog is walking by John Esner. <laughs> Nice to see another college guy walking by. Um, so, you know, um, just yeah. like I say, John Isner, that was John walking by. And Mike and Bob, Brian, were huge in Stevie's life. He met them when Stevie was just five, six years old in Bakersfield. We got the picture. Then years later, I actually brought the picture and had Mike and Bob sign it. This was a little kid <laughs> at the Bakersfield Racquet Club right before the Easter Bowl. And then as Stevie was getting ready to go and was, we were consulting everybody, John Isner was the one who actually sat him down and said, hey, look, four years isn't going to hurt you. Look at the age of the tour now. They're all 27, 28. Nobody wins. There's no teenagers in the top two. What is there, one, right. two teenagers in the top 200? Teenagers Wayne through the business, so we had some really good people ahead of us that I could... the insiders and coaches that we decision. But I think in the boys' case, the, mar the marketplace came hard. And that was the time it Good. We're on the air. We are good. All right. 
let's keep talking. Um, I'm so sorry to my listeners. I'm sitting outside and Wi-Fi is a bit spotty out here. But um, so, Melanie, do you have any questions for these? You know, the coaching, dad, parents, you know, way when your voice plays. That's a fabulous question that I could talk hours about. (laughs) You? That doesn't doesn't apply to that, the way you frame the question, but I I know Steve agrees with It's just that whole concept of who's going to be coaching your child and And I, I just don't think that's the way I'm talking about Tiger Woods. I think one of the things that hurt him Hello, we are back on the air. Yay! Okay. So, um... All right, go ahead, Melanie. Sorry, we are back on the air, folks. Okay, um, well, I was just wondering. I mean, I know... I pretty much know the answer to the question, I think. Um, Noah's sister, Jessie, she played tennis at Binghamton University. Um, and her experience with her teammates, her experience with her coach... Libby first night seasons and then Libby McGovern, they were just unbelievable experiences. And while her aspirations are very different from what Noah's are, um, it was just their relationships and the living together and working together is just invaluable. And like I said, I think I know the answer to this question, but if you can just address what the college team experience means and meant to you guys and meant to your, your boys, I, I'd really love to hear about yeah, that. You, you, you are- First of all, I don't even think there's a question here. I just 100% agree that college tennis has been a great experience for so many reasons. Uh, you learn so many life lessons. You get the socialization. I just went to UCSD Hall of Fame, I'm proud to say, uh, 2012, February 18th. And when I stood up to address everybody, I said, you know, uh, I took four years of uh, uh, a Greek history course, four units for a year. And you know what I remember about Greek history as an old guy? I filled 26 pages in my blue book on a three-hour final. You know, I remember about Greek history, one sentence. The Greek polis is the cradle of democracy. That's all I remember. <laughs> I took a Samuelson econ course for a year. The only thing I remember is macro and micro, and I don't know what those two words mean. In Spanish, <laughs> I only remember como se llama, me llamo Jaime, because there was no Wayne in Spanish. Anyway, the point is, but I never forget the practices. I never forget my teammates, my coaches, the trips, all the things we went together, went through, the ups, the downs, the wins, the losses. The college experience was central my college experience. And I, and I think uh, Stevie Johnson would, would say the exact same thing. He had a phenomenal experience. He went in as a skinny little freshman and came out a, a stud man ball player, you know? Uh, so, I, and I want college experience for as many of our American kids as possible. Playing in college is not about being a pro. Uh, if you get struck by lightning, okay, you're a pro. It's, you got that much chance of 
of making it on the tour. But the college experience is achievable and fantastic for all American kids. Steve, how does Stevie feel about that? Uh, Peter Smith will be a part of Stevie's life forever. So, uh, and, Steve, and, and all his teammates. Uh, my own personal story, my college coach turned 81 this year. My wife and Michelle and I spent a week with him last year in Hawaii. He lives in Hawaii. And I spent a week with him. He's still part of my life. I still ask him questions. He helps me. You know, next to my father, my coach, Lee Beers, is still very important. Uh, Peter Smith has been the greatest for Steve after being to Peter and now on to this year. Coco went up by going to the wonderful man with people. So couldn't agree more. How do you all feel about what's going on with the format in college tennis, going to no ads, clinch, clinch? How do you think that's going to impact our, our young players that are considering college tennis? I don't see, you know, what's the hurry? They talk about we're going to get college tennis on TV. I don't think you want to change the whole format because there's technological ways to trim up those matches a little bit. You can shorten up this and shorten up in terms of the, you know, the 10 minute break and start to have on time and blah, blah, blah. I just, I just hate meddling with the sport so much. Leave it alone. It's the greatest thing we've got going. I love the doubles to start the match. People go crazy watching those three double catches at the beginning. Trim that up. Trim up the best part of the whole match. Uh, you know what? I'm not sure exactly how it's going to end up. I'm, I'm actually very thankful to see you. I don't have to make a decision on that. I think it's making it tricky for people like knowing kids are in that position. We do want to move to the next level. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I know my son's a high school senior this year, so going through the recruiting process, I mean, he is not at this level. So for him, college tennis is going to happen regardless. But I am hearing a lot of chatter among the, the kids in Noah's group, you know, that, hmm, you know, are we going to choose that pathway? Melanie, has Noah talked about that at all? Has that been part of his decision-making? You know, it, it is. He's disappointed in the way that it's going um, right now, but I think it's premature for anybody to really say how it's going to go, whether that means for Noah or for any of the other players. Let's see how it pans out. Great, great. So any other advice you guys care to share with, with this newbie mom as she embarks on this journey? I mean, one of the biggest challenges, I think, is, is the emotional highs and lows through this. How have you guys managed that? Are you doing yoga? Or are you meditating? <laughs> How do you manage it? I think it's got expectation and maximum motivation. You know, it's a, I love it's, that. It's a tough, 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 tough league. Just take one day at a time. Enjoy it. Have fun. I mean, I'm a huge believer in enjoying it. Have fun each and every day. Uh, make friends out here on the tour. Make the tour a warm place to be. If everybody's your enemy, uh, you're not going to enjoy it too much. If, but you got to be able to sleep on an airplane. You got to be able to say no to tickets, and uh, and have fun in each and every day. Uh, the college experience is different for some of these kids because they have been on teams. Uh, Stevie's best time is when he's on a team. Had another reason why he stayed in college. Mike and Bob have played Davis Cup forever, and it's hard for some kids. They actually don't perform well in that situation because there's more pressure because they're playing for the same guys over there on the bench. Exactly. Uh, if Stevie were to get a chance to play Davis Cup, I mean, that's just a dream. I think it will happen at some point. If it happens now, that's great. Uh, the Olympics, I mean, all these things. He has always lived. It's funny, he's a tennis player because he's always been a team sport guy. And he played all the sports. But 
let me just say, interjecting in with, with what uh, Steve said, big Steve, I mean, I'm 100% agree that tennis makes a great team sport. The more we have junior teams, high school teams, college teams, adult teams, David Cup teams, the, the better and healthier our sport will be. And also, tell the kids to play doubles as often as you can, because that's the team sport. I love mixed doubles, and so do the kids. The more we program for teams to double the big, the healthier our overall sport will be. So to bite. You know, it's interesting because while tennis is often an individual sport, that team feeling, I mean, Noah's been blessed enough to have opportunities to play for um, the U.S. and Junior Davis Cup and so forth. And when he won Junior Wimbledon, he said, you know, he says one of the most special moments to him was when Stefan brought that American flag out and the two of them braided it around the court. And he really feels like he's part of this young American team. And, you know, he's hoping they all do well together. And, you know, it it was one of the greatest moments of his life. He said he really felt the impact of how big it all was when Stefan brought out that American flag. And, you know, it's just, I'm I'm thrilled for this next stage in college tennis for him to be part of a team. And um, I, I know he'll make that transition well. You guys both coach your kids coming up and handed them over to their college coaches and then to their professional coaches. But you're both slightly, still... Slightly handed over. Right. But you're both still very present on the tour when they're playing. And I wanted to ask you, how how was it, if you can remember, because I know this was a while ago for you, Lane, but how was it to make that trans art to let go and develop the trust and the other coaches and the other people in their lives to take the care of them that you've always taken. Well, I wrote a book about the glide path out begins early. Even in the 8th, 10th, 12th, 14th, I had them sometimes go out with other parents or other coaches. And that's always, but we're always 100% there. I mean, I'm going to be on the practice for with them today. I, I, I talk to them about their games all the time. I always communicate. So if I didn't just totally ask it, even at Stanford, I went to many a practice that in. And like with Big Steve and Peter, I mean, there was, there was a smooth uh, relationship there. But if you're not always there, but, you know, you don't just turn your children over to, to other people, either to raise, you know, or to coach. Those people that send their young children off to academies and camp, I just don't understand that. I mean, I, I want to raise my children. And so we, we maintain the close relationship, but, but you're not, it's, it's just a diminished Situation. They got to be their own bid now. It's called their own shot, of course. But uh, once the dad, always the dad. Once the coach, always the coach. How about for you, Steve? Uh, very similar. Uh, it was it was easy enough for me to hand him to Peter because Peter involved me. Peter talked to me daily on the phone. What did you see? How would you do it? And so that was great for me. As a pro, it's been different. I've not had that role at all. Uh, I'll be on the practice court today, but I just sit there. I watch. <laughs> You know, it's just a different relationship, but it's, I'm, I'm bad. I think we had that conversation last year, and uh, it's a role that I love being bad. I'm a coach. Right. Right. You know, it's funny. When both Jesse and Noah were little, we started out, um, you know, Noah's dad and I were married at that time, and he would feed the kids balls, and I would run around in the back picking up the balls and whispering words of encouragement to them as they would play. Um, then I, you know, I worked at the tennis club, you know, so my kids got lessons. And uh, while I was there, making sure things were going well, 
if I wasn't handling the tennis per se aspect of things, you know, and I took up more of a mob. Um, I think that it's important that Noah has a little bit of both. And I think that, you know, we were talking tonight, you know, um, when we go home tonight before his match tomorrow, we're not going to talk about tennis. You know, we'll, we'll probably rent a movie. My parents are in town and, you know, my mom will cook dinner and, uh, you know, being away from it, being not coach and just mom, I think, I think that's um, a good role for me for now and always. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So just Noah does have his first U.S. Open main draw match tomorrow. I mean, you know, no big deal. He just worked his last 18 years to <laughs> reach this spot and, oh, my God, Melanie, it's your little boy that's going to be out there playing. Do you guys, like, do you have a memory of that very first pro match? Yeah, the, the boys were uh, 17 at the first U.S. Open. They had one Kalamazoo as first-year players, and uh, they were, they weighed about 125, 130 pounds. <laughs> they were about 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, skinny as skinny could be. They were so skinny, in fact, all the teachers in high school kept marking them absent. They had to tell them they were actually there. But anyway, they went out on the practice court, but they heard it, and the guys there say, we're not getting off with ball boys. So they had to run back in the locker room and bring out their A badge and hold it right to the guy's face and play it. And finally they got off. And the next year, the USDA gave the T-shirt that we are not ball boys. I love it. <laughs> Steve, do you remember Steve's first uh, pro match? Absolutely. Uh, the USDA game a wild card when he was at USC. He played Noah Malkoon of Israel on court four. Uh, first time he and I had ever seen Stevie nervous. And how about you? He played badly. I was terrified. He's always nervous. Uh, you know, I, I sit calmly, but inside, you know, I've got 911 on the speed dial. <laughs> but it, uh, it, it's a memory I'll never forget. Uh, Peter and I were both sitting in Stanford. What is wrong? What is wrong? And then later he admitted, he goes, that's the first time in my life I was nervous on a tennis court. Uh, his comment was, I was afraid if I don't win this, the USC won't give me another chance. Aww. Which was totally not true. Right. But that's what was in his head. And he had way too much pressure and then played poorly because of it. So, uh, great memory. First trip to New York. I brought Stevie here with Branch Brown, UCLA's women's coach, uh, when he was eight. And we showed him his place, put his mind and said, Stevie, this is your house someday. This is where you're going to go and play someday. Uh, Stevie's got his UCLA shirt and hat on. It's in my office at my club. It's funny now that he's a USC guy, but that was a, it's a very good memory to me. One that I'll always remember. And that's one of the greatest things you can do with a six, seven, eight, nine year old. Take him to the US Open, take him to a college match, take him to a pro match. Champions take it into their eyes. You must see it before you can dream it. You must be passionate about it before you can achieve it. Taking youngsters to tennis at the highest level is absolute. Awesome and fantastic. It should be required of every county coach. That's great. So, I mean, the men's and women's qualities for the U.S. Open, it's, it's free. The tickets are free. You know, so is college tennis. They need to come down. And I, I've heard people say this, but unfortunately not enough people are doing it. Bring your young players down. Have them watch college tennis, any college tennis. Whatever's closest to you or travel to go see something that you've heard about, go. And, and honestly, they... They, they couldn't get a better experience. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's been our experience. My son changed his whole tactic toward camp at UGA when he was nine years old. All of a sudden, it was like, I want to play there, right. you know. And it's the same as what you were saying with Stevie, that, you know, this is your house. And 
And it's it's very exciting to watch that developmental process happen. And so you went to Minute USC Masters before you walked into the place to get this Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And even though he grew up going to UCLA or being friends with Rance, and, and we have the same thing in our house. I, I'm a Bruin. My husband's a Bruin. Our daughter chose to go to USC, and she's a Trojan, and we hung that Trojan flag proudly while she was there. She, yeah, she's okay. As, as a kid, uh, Rance Brown has uh, been a good friend. We played each other in college in 1977 and have been friends since. And Rance was at a club near me, and... At four, three, four, five years old, we could tell Stevie was better than a normal player. So I take him over to Rance and say, "Am I a crazy dad thinking it's good? You got to help yourself." Rance was the one who would help me the most with developing Stevie, keeping an eye on him. I would scream a little periodically. Rance has some good boys who play with him. Rance has been a big part of this as well. I want to ask you about that because, of course, lots of parents think that their child has something special and thinks that they have the potential to play at the U.S. Open one day. How, what advice do you have for those parents? I mean, how do you ha- get that reality check? The first thing I'd always say is you have a much better chance of being struck and killed by lightning than you have making it on the Pro Tour. Actually, you have a ten times better chance of getting killed by lightning this year in America. <laughs> Google that. Um, <laughs> and so you you have to understand that that's really Really, really rarefied air. No matter if you're number one today, no matter if you do blah, 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 it's no guarantee. It's so tough out there. But I, I love people dreaming the big dreams. I think playing on a high school team is realistic goal. Playing on a college team at some levels are realistic goal. And there's nothing wrong with dreaming the dream to be a chore. And anybody who says that this kid's going to make it for sure is nuts. There ain't no such thing. I remember there was a young a girl playing at Terman in South Bay when the boys were saying she was like winning the 14th. I look at Kathy, and this girl was like number one. And so the guy said, do you think this girl will ever play pro tennis? She says, nah, she might make the top 200. I said, there's no way she'll ever be 1,000 in the world. And the last I looked, she's in the Hall of Fame. Her name is Lindsay Davenport. <laughs> what did you know? She was the slowest athlete I have ever seen. But I forgot to take a look at those brownies, how she snapped them, and nobody snapped them like she did. And uh, she got around that speed thing and became, uh, you know, Hall of Fame player. Right. And what did you see in Stevie? Uh, well, Stevie's incredibly competitive. He's been away from day one. Uh, got in trouble at school because he was too competitive. Teacher said, you got to be, be nice. Um, very gifted. He could just he was hitting kick serves at five, hitting one hand and back end, two hand and back end. He just did things. And then he and I would watch matches, and he would tell me what the guy should do. He would actually tell me why isn't James Blake or why isn't Taylor Kent doing that? And, uh, so it was, it was pretty weird. It was pretty weird. But along with what Wayne said, um, I don't want to step on anybody's dream. I'm not here to choose. As Wayne said, Lindsay Davenport, who would have thought? I saw Lindsay at 12. She couldn't run. She turned out to be one of the finest players ever. She was really tall really early. Uh, but most people don't know that only 4% of high school athletes play college. So college is a dream, and that's quite an achievement if you play college. So from college, and then left way one a piece of a percent make money. In my when I talk about the turning proceeds, turn pro, go play futures, get get an iPad card, go be a pro. That's easy. <laughs> go make money. <laughs> that's that's a fully different thing. You know, as far as dreams coming true, so many of Noah's dreams have been realized so far. Um, 
what's going to happen tomorrow. And when I mean tomorrow, I don't mean necessarily just his first match at the U.S. Open ever, <laughs> but tomorrow meaning the future. What's going to happen? Nobody has a crystal ball. Um, and I realize that. No one realizes that. And, you know, he's enjoying the for what it is. Um, there's obviously been a lot of media hype um, surrounding all of our boys. Noah particularly, hometown, you know, our local papers. And it, it, there's been a lot of hype, but Noah realizes that he, a lot of things came together, a lot of hard work, a lot of years, a lot of sacrifices, and a lot of stars aligning um, to get him to where he is right now. So, like I, I've been saying, and, you know, he's saying it, savor the moment, seize the day, and what will come after that, we don't know. But you know what? He's been dreaming of this. He's been dreaming of this particular moment since he's in diapers, literally. And I, I thank God for everything that he's gotten so far and how hard he's worked. And, I, you know, today and tomorrow, let him just enjoy. What will be, will be. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, visit us online at ParentingAces.com. As always, a huge thank you to our sponsor, TennisBalls.com.